LifeWay Leadership Podcast Network. This is the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Ron Edmondson Leadership Podcast hosted by LifeWay. Ron's mission is to help church leaders become better leaders, and I'm your host, Nate Edmondson. In this episode, we're going to talk about what to do when you're waiting for your next leadership position. Pops, I imagine that you've had to think about this lots of times in your life, and you've certainly helped me think about it at times. Um, And I'm guessing you've probably helped some other leaders with this at times. Is that true? It is. It is. Thanks for hosting again. You know, I have helped literally dozens of people think about this. And one of the things I love about leadership is in creating environments where this becomes a normal conversation. So at any time, at any given time that I have been a senior pastor, for example, I have known people on our staff who were who wanted to move into another position uh, they just either weren't ready yet or, or the, the uh, opportunity hadn't come along, but they were waiting. And so uh, I, I just love that about leadership, knowing that. But then through my blog and through different circumstances, and even, as you said, in my own circumstances, I've walked through many people waiting for their next position. Yeah, and that's sometimes a rare thing to be able to go talk to uh, your boss and say, hey, uh, I'm not sure if I'm ready for this right now, but someday I'd love to move into this role. Um, Or even, hey, I'm actually ready, I think, to move into this role. And so, I just want you to know I'm going to be looking for other opportunities. Um, And I know working for you, that was something that numerous staff members did with you at different times. What do you think it is that makes it possible uh, to even create that kind of atmosphere? Well, I think there has to be one of trust. Um, but one of the things that uh, I say to our staffs all the time is never stay for a paycheck. And so I, I've said that to myself. I've said it to others. And I just tell them now whether they're going to believe me or not. But I tell them, look, if you're in this situation, the one we're describing, I'd rather know it because I could probably help you more than you think I could. You know, I know people. I have connections. I have a better chance of helping you. Plus, it takes the awkwardness out of the out of the room. You know, we don't have to be dancing around this issue. So it, it a lot of times I think it's created just because I let it be known. This is the kind of environment we want to have. I can't tell you how many times um, somebody would call me because, you know, another church or uh, an organization have had Lifeway call me a couple of times. And say, look, I just want you to know we're talking to one of your people. And it's a real blessing when I can say, yeah, I knew that. You know, we, we've been walking through that with them. And so, uh, yeah, I just love having that kind of culture. Yeah. And there's certainly the other culture that exists where you try to hide it and you don't want to bring it up. So, And, and that's difficult for that's everybody. Cool. Yeah. Uh, so, when you have somebody come in and they say, hey, I think I might be interested in, you know, this other uh, aspect of the organization, or I might be interested in just uh, moving up, so to speak, in um, my career, or for whatever reason, they they think they might be ready for something different. How do you try to coach them through that? 
Well, I, I usually try to give them um, first a set of questions to think through in terms of processing it. You know, I want them to think through, okay, is this something that's happening in your personal life? Is it, uh, is it career-oriented? Is it something that you're bored with what you're doing or you need some encouragement to do something different with what you currently have? Sometimes, you know, you can reinvent yourself in, in, in your own position. So if you're that student pastor, you, you think you want something new. Well, maybe there's some things you could do right where you're at to kind of scratch the itch you think you have to do something new. Uh, so I want to ask some questions just to make sure they've thought through, okay, are you really in a, a time where you're being groomed for whatever the next position is? So I want to ask some of those questions first um, uh, just to help them process. But then there's some things that, that I do every time that I'm it, kind of the script that I like to uh, live by, you know, the, 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 in this case, five things, but some suggestions, some kind of a checklist of do these things while you're in this waiting position. And so that's, uh, so if you're waiting and you, you kind of process some of those bigger questions that you're going to encourage them to ask, are you sure you're ready for this? What are the factors that contribute to you thinking you're ready for this? After they've kind of wrestled through, yeah, I think I am ready. I'm a student pastor. I really would like to be a family pastor or I'm a student pastor. I'd really like to be a lead pastor or I'm a lead pastor, but I think maybe I'm I'm ready for something different or whatever. While they're in the waiting period, you've got basically five things you try to walk through with them. That's correct. And, and let me ask, uh, a, you know, a, a question right yeah. before this. Sorry to interrupt you. Sure. Um, no, that's okay. Is it uh, something that was um, was people were really critical of when I was in uh, Bible college? Not so much in seminary did I hear this, but definitely in Bible college. And then you'll hear it at pastors' conferences, and even just people will talk about this in ministry. Is that you shouldn't view ministry as a career? or as uh, you shouldn't view uh, ministry positions as stepping stones, um, especially like in student ministry world. That's a big thing that people talk about is don't just be a student pastor as a stepping stone to being a lead pastor. Um, how do you think about that that question or that um, way of thinking? You know, I probably think of it differently than they do. You know, and and some of that has to do with you know my former business world, but uh, and wearing that hat and and having transitioned to many positions over, throughout my career, but I don't discount it completely either. Um, certainly, ministry is a calling, and we are we are. Uh, I always say though, we're called to a person, not a place, and so. Um, and then that's the person of Christ, in case anybody's wondering about theology there. But we're we're called to the person of Christ and to follow him. And so I don't discount that whatever, that that is a calling. It's not a it's not a career. But at the same time, I have a career. And, you know, um, it, I have known a few, not a lot, but I've known a few 60 year old student pastors still rocking it, you know. Maybe you have to. I don't know many. (laughs) 
And, and so at some point, you're going to be thinking, okay, I'm not as relevant as I used to be. I, the students don't relate to me as much as they used to. Um, you know, one of my favorite things, uh, favorite stories in ministry, and, and you know this one we had, was when Dan Russell came on our staff. And he was a senior pastor of a sister church close by in, in our community. And he came to me kind of asking the question, is it time for me? He was in his early 60s to step aside, let a younger pastor come in and take over so that we can uh, continue to reach young families. The church can not lose momentum. Is it just time for me to start making those decisions? And as we talked, it, it, it made perfect sense that maybe that was a good thing. But even more, we had a position that he could perfectly feel on our staff. And he come, came and joined our staff. And I've always admired Dan for asking that question. So it's not that that wasn't Dan's career. It's that where do, would God have me at this place to be most effective in doing what he's called me to do. So I'd probably just, I'd reframe the, the, the question a little bit. Um, certainly if you're seeing, and I'd also check your motive. If you're just doing it because I need a bigger paycheck, if you're doing it because I want more responsibility or a bigger name or that sort of thing, you have to check your heart and your motive in all that. But at the same time, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you, 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 you do have, it's not a career, it's a calling, but you do have a career, right? And you are developing your skill yeah. sets. And so I, I don't think you can just totally yeah. say, well, I got to stay here forever. Yeah, I think the example that you used with Dan is really helpful because it's the other side of it. I've always kind of struggled with that advice that people would give too because I'm like, you know, I started as a student pastor when I was 21. Um, and I felt called, I think, even then to be a lead pastor someday. But, you know, I don't know. Um, not a lot of people are looking to hire a 21-year-old lead pastor. And so, right. your options are you can either jump in and start somewhere or uh, you can, I guess, wait to do any full-time ministry until, you know. So, um, thanks for helping. And that's who we're talking that. to. Yeah. Yeah. And exactly. So, and so, the first... Yeah. If you're in that point where you're looking at, hey, maybe it's time for me to move into another role or another place or whatever, what are the five things? Well, the first one is recruit a mentor. Uh, recruit a mentor. Everyone needs a mentor every stage of life. When you say like, mentor, you, you mean mentor? Mentor, yes. <laughs> but you're in Seattle. I'm in Tennessee. We say mentor. <laughs> okay. Sounds like a Harry Potter Dementor to me. A mentor. Mentor. Got it. Mentor. Okay. Because uh, it's or. O-R on the – thanks for that. Uh, but, yes, mentor. And, and you know, I think – I've had those throughout my life, in my personal life, in my career life, um, ministry and business. But find someone who is in – that position you think would be the next one you'd be going to. So if you're a student pastor, you think you might want to be a senior pastor, find a senior pastor who can invest in your life. Now, if that's the senior pastor that you have now, that's great. Um, it won't always be that way, just to be honest, you know, and that's okay too. It, it could be you don't want it to be that person. If, if they're nothing like you want to be as a senior pastor, then go find someone who is like a senior pastor you want to be someday. And just walk, let that person walk with you a little ways. Um, let them flesh out in your mind what they do. 
and how life is in their world. You know, that's what Jesus did with the disciples. So walk with somebody who's doing what you think you might want to do next. That may even be a test to see if I don't think I want to do that. You know, I don't think that's something I want to do. But find that mentor and uh, mentor. And I have to say this too, Nate, because I get asked a lot of times, what do I do with a mentor relationship? And, and, uh, you know, just do your homework beforehand. Be ready to ask them questions. Don't make them prepare for the meeting so much. Don't expect them to, you know, to, to meet with you real often. Uh, they're going to be busy people probably. But do the hard work of preparing for the meeting. Uh, be ready. Take notes. Always, I say this all the time to young leaders, especially to everybody should, but most um, older leaders do it natu- more naturally, it seems to me. But always have something, and that's not fair. That's probably not true. Uh, I see a lot of young leaders show up in my office, and they've got nothing to write on. And not when I'm saying something to them, they don't. They can't even take notes, you know. But have some something to take notes with, and uh, and, and just walk with that person for a little while. Do you still have a mentor today? I do. I, you know, I have several uh, for different things. Um, I'll be honest, as I've gotten a little older, it's harder to find somebody at that next step. And so there are, there are, they are certainly out there and I'm uh, certainly willing to, to find them, especially in life. But in ministry, you know, I'm, I'm not at the end of my career, but I'm, I'm going to get there in the next 10 years or so. So it's a little more difficult, especially when you're talking about large churches or that sort of thing. But what I try to do now, as much as have a uh, somebody who's the next step above uh, ahead of me is I try to have some peer mentors and, and that works as well. So they may be at the same level that I'm at, but I will allow them to kind of speak into my life about different things and just bounce things off of, of them. Got it. So that's number one, get a mentor. Number two, the number two is to set a tentative timeline in your mind for the transition. So how long do you realistically, realistically think you should attempt to be at the, at the next level of leadership? When should you attempt to be there? Uh, and, and that's a hard question. That's a really hard question because a lot of times if you think you're ready, if you think it's time, then you want to jump now. But, uh, you know, is that realistic? Um, it's probably not going to happen in a couple of months, you know, unless the Lord just opens a door and it's a sudden kind of thing. It could take it could take a year. It could take two years. But set some sort of realistic like I, I would love I'm the student pastor. I would love in the next two years or three years to be in that position. And what that does is it allows you to know how much time you have to prepare to get there. And, you know, if you say, hey, I'm going to do it and the position comes along in three months, you didn't have a lot of time to prepare for that. Now, you can, that doesn't mean you can't walk, can't prepare on the job. You can't walk with the mentor even as you're you know, carrying this out. But the more you can get prepared for that, the better off you're going to be. And so, um, yeah, just kind of have a kind of a timeline in your mind. And how would you go about discerning? The timeline. And uh, what do you do if the timeline doesn't work? 
Well, one of the things that'd be one of the things I'd probably talk to my mentor about uh, as I'm um, as we're talking through where I'm at, where my heart is at, what I think I want to do. That's one of the things I'm probably going to ask them to speak into as much as anything is when do you think I'm ready and what do you see in me that that I don't see? So I'm going to. Um, uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to get that mentors in input into that process. But, uh, you know, if, and if you're married, obviously talking to your spouse and that sort of thing, when are they prepared to jump with you? But if it's, um, what if it doesn't work? Well, start over, you know, it didn't hurt. uh, if, If you said it, if you thought it was two years and it took you, two years came and you didn't have it, be patient. Um, you know, never waste a wait. And maybe you get a different mentor. Maybe you get some more, uh, you, you increase the size of your network. Don't give up. Just kind of start the process over again. Set a new timeline in your mind. So that's the second one. What's the third? The third is to prepare for what's next. Um, and I always like to say you should always be doing this. Uh, even if you've never moved to, to a position with more authority, you should always prepare for what's next. So that's, again, uh, and this is beyond even the mentor. This is learning all you can. It's, it's, it's reading books, listening to podcasts, attending conferences, building your network. Again, don't waste the wait. So use that time to create the synergy that will that will help you get to wherever that next place is. Um, so for instance, if your student pastor wants to be a senior pastor, start asking other senior pastors, Hey, but what books should I be reading? If I'm ever going to be a senior pastor like you start listening to podcasts of other senior pastors, uh, start, um, uh, building a network of people who know people and just say, you know, someday I'm going to be looking for, um, for a job as a senior pastor, would you just keep your eyes open? Keep, keep, you know, keep me uh, in your mind. And so, so just start preparing again. It sometimes it takes longer than you hoped it would. The more you can do to prepare for what's next, the, the better you'll be prepared when you get there, but the faster you'll get there as well. Um, when you're starting to think about what's next, um, Let's just, we're, we seem to be using this uh, example. So let's say you're the youth pastor, you want to be the lead pastor. Um, you're preparing for that. You go to conferences and you're like, I don't want to go to the youth pastor breakout. I want to go to the senior pastor breakout. So I'm going to go listen to things that will prepare me for the senior pastor. Um, how do you make sure that you're um, you're still doing the best job that you can as the youth pastor while you're the youth pastor? Could your could could the advice that well, you're giving lead somebody to just start, you know, daydreaming all the time or living for the future? Yeah, I think that's a great that's a great, great question. And it does lead into the fourth uh, one that we'll get to. But let me go ahead and answer that question is. Um, so I'm not saying suddenly you're the student pastor. And and the reason that one works so much, I was thinking the reason that works so much is because it's probably the most common I see. You know, because how many student pastors do you know, especially student pastors who get to speak on a regular basis, 
who are not thinking in the back of their minds, someday I want to do this, you know, for the church. I want to be a senior pastor. Many, many, many are. And so the, the illustration definitely works. But I'm not saying go ahead and immediately start studying that. I mean, it, drop everything and, and just think about being a, uh, a senior pastor. But at the same time, maybe in your studies towards being a senior pastor, you take some of those learnings and you bring them back to the student ministry and see how, hey, if I t- was to take more ownership of the student ministry, like what if I was the senior pastor of the student ministry? How would I respond differently than if I'm just the student pastor? And I, I know that's a play on words, but I think it's also a, a um, it, I think it's also um, uh, setting yourself up for uh, practicing skills that will be translatable later when you become the senior pastor or the next level, whatever that is. And that just takes a lot of discipline. Um, but it does lead into the fourth one. I think it's this is so critically important. And you were hitting on it when you asked the question. And so I have to say this one. You have to stay very loyal and very faithful to the job you have now. Uh, you know, all the other suggestions I'm given, if you miss this one, uh, th- then this is going to be a horrible podcast of advice for you. Uh, it is, um, it's just that important. So you have to discipline yourself every single day to do the best job you can. You have to respect the leadership. You have to learn from them whatever you can. And sometimes that's learning what you would do differently someday. But you have to stay loyal and work hard where you are. And, and, um, uh, you know, and, and that's, that's for so many reasons. One, it's the right thing to do. And two, it protects your resume, protects your references someday. And, and three, you know, how many senior pastors do you know who need, um, who need that word as well, you know? And so you don't want to walk in with a half hearted, um, uh, attitude towards the job you have now, walk into a senior pastor position and think it's going to be any better. It's probably not. Yeah. As somebody who, um, and I wouldn't recommend doing things the way that I've done them necessarily in most ways, but um, I, in my early ministry career that I'm in, um, I have moved around uh, more than the average person, and there's a lot of reasons for that. But um, right now, I'm at a church where I served previously as the student pastor, and um, I was able to do what you've talked about uh, before, um, and that is I was honest about the fact that I was considering um, another opportunity, and they worked with me on that. and. Uh, I think that one of the big reasons they were willing to bring me back now um, is because I did practice this fourth principle. Um, I continued to try to do the best job that I could while I was there, um, even though um, we had already started talking about the fact that I was uh, looking to to do something else. Yeah. And, and you know, knowing your story, 
I would say you protected, uh, you did a good job of protecting those relationships, even the people, some of your most faithful uh, supporters are probably some people who had parents in the youth ministry that were disappointed that you left their, as their, their kid's student pastor, you know, so that, that's a, that's a, um, you did this one well. Thanks. Number five. Number five is to keep your eyes and ears open. Keep your eyes and ears open. I mean, you've already, by this point, you've already wrestled through, you got a mentor, you, you're, you're, you're setting some timelines, you're, you're thinking, you know, uh, well, okay, there, I, I believe God opens when he begins to open our minds to those sort of things, he, he intends to fill it with something. He doesn't intend to frustrate it. And so, uh, keep our, keep your eyes and ears open. Um, usually when, when I see someone who's asking these type of questions, it's not, it's only a matter of time before they land in that next position, whatever it is. Uh, now that it could be years. So don't live in the future when your present needs your attention, but opportunities are often closer than you think. Um, in uh, my most recent transition, uh, Cheryl and I had known for a couple of years that God was doing something new in our life and, and uh, we didn't know what, what that was. But, and, and this has really happened every time in, uh, probably towards the end of the last two years, last six months, especially, we just know God is doing something and I'll just keep listening. I'll have conversations kind of quietly and it's just like a door opens, you know, and I didn't even know it was going to open, but it just did. And so just be prepared uh, again. I don't think God wants to play games with us. So he's not saying, I'm going to toy with you a little while while you're student pastor and let you sweat it out. I don't think God operates that way. So if if he's allowing your heart to be stirred, he's likely already stirring some activity and things happening um, uh, outside of you uh, that is preparing you for what's next. Well, if you're enjoying the podcast, please help us out. Download, share, and subscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And it'll also help us get the word out. So let us know what topics you'd like us to discuss in future episodes. You can do that online. And we'd love to uh, continue serving you in this way. Have you listened to the five leadership questions podcast yet? The one hosted by Todd Atkins and Chandler Benoit. They're a part of our Lifeway podcast family. They recently interviewed Darren Gray, Jamie Ivey, Pete Scazzaro, and many more. Just look up five leadership questions on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today.